Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. But right now, let's go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline and welcome in Steve Sullivan of KATV. And Steve, as always, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon, man? I'm pretty good. I think I have the dirtiest car in the Channel 7 parking lot. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it looks like the Dust Bowl, baby. I should be over there at Mom Hill today. Oh, come on by, man. They'll take care of you. And uh, it's going to be free car washes all day tomorrow. That long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, Steve, it's always good to hear from you. And uh, we can just start now with... Uh, Kind of the, the situation with Arkansas football. Last week it didn't go well against Bama, lost the game, but also looks like K.J. Jefferson may be lost for this upcoming game against Mississippi State too. Just what what do you make of the quarterback situation right now and the situation with K.J.? Well, I, I'm, I'm doubtful that he plays, just the vibes I'm getting, but you never know. I mean, there's a lot more riding on his, you know, career than just one game. And, you know, and, and, and there's such a – heightened interest now with what happened to Tua. And he's a high-contact quarterback, although still, people seldom get a good shot on KJ. I mean, that was so unusual to see the guy kind of jump on his back and get him down because he's so hard to measure as a defender because he's so big, you know. And you usually see him crumble to the ground or they blow the whistle before they get him down. But I think there's just too much to consider when you have, you know, a, a head injury and then um, – you have the you know consideration of the kid's future too. Not only the football field, but he's a bright kid, and just it's a, just something you don't want to mess around with. So I'd be I, I, I'd be highly doubtful that he plays, but you never know. What were your thoughts, Sully, when you saw and uh, watching that Alabama game, and then seeing Cade Fortin take the field? We know a lot of people they were uh, surprised at that point and thought that Malik Hornsby would meet, be the next quarterback up, but Cade Horton, Cade Fortin took the field. And, uh, you know, you're playing against Alabama, so not much he could do there. But your thoughts on him entering the game and then how he played and what it looks like moving forward? Well, he, he wasn't shy at throwing the ball. I mean, he started hurling it downfield, although we were, we were in a go point then that we had to get points in a hurry. Um, but it'll be interesting in offense without, you know, he's a willing runner, but he's not a capable runner like um, – K.J. Jefferson, or dangerous runner, like Malik Hornsby. And I'm, I'm so used to this offense having a quarterback that, that's dynamic running the ball that it'll be a little different looking at another guy. But what a great opportunity for him. And, uh, and if you, you've got a highly motivated third-teamer right now in Malik Hornsby because he does not want that tag third-team. He doesn't think he deserves it. And he's going to get a shot in this game at quarterback, I think. And so... You know, and I think they're in a good situation there. We have two guys who are eager to please. And uh, and he's such a big play guy that, you know, I, I just hope, you know, you know, sooner rather than later we see what Malik Hornsby can do at quarterback. So what's the confidence level and just the feeling that K.J. can't go, whether it's Hornsby, whether it's Ford, whoever it will be, but what's just the confidence level of Arkansas being able to go into Starkville and win, especially – with that big passing offense of Mississippi State that's been so problematic for Arkansas? Well, offensively, you know, i got to think about the time, you know, we had to go to a backup quarterback to start at Missouri, and we had such very little confidence in K.J. Jefferson heading into that game. 
And he was so good in that game and so prepared that I would hope, you know, that they've got these quarterbacks ready, Fortin and uh, Malik, that that they'll be good. And the, my, my major concern is with this defense, uh, I don't know if you put them in that three-man, you know, the umbrella, the eight guys back. I don't know if you can find a defense where they don't give up big plays. And the dangerous thing about this defense now, the scary thing is, they started off the season giving up big pass plays. Now they're giving up big runs. <laughs> and I just don't know what's going on. This isn't, this isn't, you know, a year ago, defense, especially early, was the strength of this team. And I don't know what has happened, but they are in a funk. And I don't know if Mississippi State is the greatest team to play when you're in a funk, but that's the one team they've actually defended under Odom pretty consistently both years is Mississippi State, so they do have that confidence. So what do you think that creates more concern than for the offense if K.J. is not playing and you're you're looking at playing a couple of different quarterbacks or just the concern overall with defense and you, you've been dealing with some injuries there, but just how they played so far this year, just for this game, where does it create more concern? You just laid out why they're now a nine-and-a-half-point underdog because it looks like we never have a backup quarterback and our defense is in a funk. I mean, I don't know what's going on. And that's that's the question, you know, if you watch Arkansas that you have. I mean, you know, 370-yard runs in a quarter, you know. And, and what's really, you know, scary and really just shocking is that a couple of those runs, I mean, they weren't even touched. And I don't know if you can fix that stuff in a week. I know they made some personnel changes. And the upside, they did play pretty good football for three quarters against Alabama. Granted, they had – the first quarter wasn't very good, but the second and third, as far as defensively, were okay. That, you know, they had a second-team quarterback in, too, who was pretty limited in what he could do. So we with Steve Sullivan of KATV here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline on Out of Bounds. Steve, looking at it from the defensive side of the ball – we know Arkansas's biggest problem, without a doubt, has been stopping the pass, and you're going up against a very pass-heavy def- uh, offense. Heard Sam Pittman talk about moving some guys around, you know, Sammy Bakke moving over to, to the secondary spot, even Hudson Clark playing a little bit at safety. Just seems like they're trying to do whatever they can because not only have uh, guys who left after last year hurt you with Catalan also getting injured, but other injuries too. It just seems like they're just trying to do whatever they can to make this secondary get by. Yeah, you're at the point, if you're Sam Pittman, you're going to Barry Odom and say, hey, try something. Give me some new players. Just don't, don't shuffle this around. Give me something that's different when you get out in the field. Just try something different because what you're doing isn't working. And I think they're at that point where, you know, they have to make some drastic measures. And when you're moving a running back who really hasn't played cornerback over there, what does that tell you about, you know, they're wanting toughness. They're wanting kids that can tackle. And Bakke has done on special teams. And, uh, I mean, they're missing fundamentally. They've been bad. They haven't tackled well. They haven't covered well. And you just assume a team's going to, you know, an Arkansas team is going to tackle well. And, and it's been, um, I mean, we're talking about just getting close to the, to the ball carrier. We haven't been in range to hit them sometimes. Um, it's just, it, we need a good defensive game. We need to play for four quarters just to get our mojo back because this, Defense that was ranked like 38th to end the season a year ago in scoring defense is ranked 100th after five games, and they've been bad. We haven't been great in special teams yet either. That's kind of flowing under the radar. But uh, punt returns were among the worst as far as defense in the nation, and field position is going to be big against in any game. It's big against Mississippi State. 
And uh, just not a lot of things going our way going into this game that would give you a whole lot of optimism. Well, it's one of those games that it's going to be about the intangibles and the team coming together knowing that you're going to be missing some pieces on both sides of the ball and other players are going to have to step up, but things like special teams are going to have to be vital and getting turnovers, that's going to be one of those types of games for Arkansas to have a chance to win. Yeah, we haven't been turning people over either, you know, and that would be huge if you get a big early turnover and had some stuff go your way. And they, they just haven't had that happen here in the last couple of weeks, and especially against uh, the Aggies. And that game just sticks at sticks just bothers the hell out of you right now that you lost that game because you could really just look at this Alabama game and kind of wash it away, you know that it was Alabama, but now you're facing it, uh, you know the possibility of losing three in a row, and this Mississippi State team seems to be, you know, better than they've been in the past as far as you know they had a pretty good schedule. They opened at opened against Memphis, then they went to Arizona. They've played a pretty good schedule. You know, and um, they seem to be better than they were last year. And even the, even the year, this seems to be Mike Leach's best team. So, you know, it'll be interesting. And we got him at Starkville, and you know, and this, you know, he hasn't been able to beat Arkansas. So this is a big game for him. And he doesn't, you know, he views himself as an offensive genius. But he's been, I don't say out coached, but out schemed two back to back games by um, Barry Odom. So, you know, he wants to put some points on the board. And they got a lot of momentum. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough to win, I think, for Arkansas this game. Now they'll go win 35-7. to 7. That's the way things go. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, Sully, is I agree with you. I think it's a really tough game. But it's almost at the point, too, where you mentioned the way that Barry Odom schemes for a Mike Leach offense, and it seems like it's always been very beneficial to him. But, you know, it's this game's at 11 a.m. It's on the road. You know, we've, we know about the Cowbells, but we had uh, Robbie Falk on for 24-7 Sports. He covers Mississippi State on earlier this week, and he says that people aren't even showing up to games. They're not so, they're not selling out. They're at, like, 75 85% capacity for most of these games. So do you feel like there's maybe some sort of advantage going into Starkville with this game being at 11 a.m., being an earlier game for the Razorbacks? Well, all the former players will tell you they'd rather play on the road at 11 a.m. The crowd isn't as into it. You know, so that advantage, I guess, is with the Hogs. And uh, they just need they need a win, and they need the defense to play good. You know, it'd be nice to be, you know, like five minutes to go in the game and you're just running down the clock, you're up by 10 or 11. I mean, every game's been high stress. I mean, Alabama was I mean, out of hand at the end. But, you know, they haven't had that game where they've, you know, been able to power down and take a knee and just move on. And, um uh, I, I really think this is a big game for the program and momentum, just that you, you turn things around right here and win this game. When you look at this Mississippi State team, you mentioned you think this may be Mike Leach's best team so far. What makes them different? What makes them a better team than the ones that he's had in the past? Well, the fact that they have a you know a quarterback who's his third year in the system, uh, that's that's a, that's. You know, you talk about we we talk about having our coordinators back for for three years. I think having a quarterback who's played three years under Mike Leach and survived three years under Mike Leach, that's a weapon. You know, and he and he he gets his yards, and they're actually playing a little better defense this year. You know, and and they're running the ball some. You know, and uh, not just a passing team. I think this is more of a well-rounded Mississippi State team 
But don't don't be you know that A and M game. Don't look at that final score. That game turned on A uh, and M got what they you know dealt us. They got a missed field goal that went the entire field for a touchdown. Those, those things come around. You know that that flipped that entire game. That was a fourteen point swing, just like in the Arkansas game. Sometimes you so look at has- that final score and think, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that one of the, the things when you're talking about offense, uh, a criticism that gets thrown away a lot, or at least here recently, I'm sure you've heard about it, is about Kendall Bryles and the way that he, he calls a game and he deals with the offense. Do you have any criticisms as far as like anything major with Bryles? Cause it seems like that's where with, with our people calling in and texting in, it seems like the majority of the people that have take issue is with Kendall Bryles. Yeah, well, it's a lot easier to look at offense and, and be critical. You know, I mean, think about this. Uh, in reality, if if we thought the same way about defense, I mean, that looked like Chad Morris' defense in the fourth quarter. I hate to even bring his name up. With guys running 70 yards, three 70-yard touchdowns in the quarter. I mean, that's embarrassing. And the, the thing with offense, and, you know, the offense coordinator, it's easy to see, you know, if they're moving the ball, they're doing this, doing that. Just looking at them, the only thing, my criticism is they don't seem to use the middle of the field a lot, and they don't throw deep a lot. They don't stretch the defense. And I see teams against us throw deep all the time. And we, you know, at the end of the game, we gave, you know, Landers a chance to catch a big ball. I just think a lot of times they're playing not to turn over the ball. And, you know, when you throw over the middle, I mean, our, our big pass play last year and our go-to pass play was the slant. How many times have we hit Burks in big situations on that slant? And we have not thrown that more than a handful of times this year. And I just think, you know, no risk, no reward. you got to take some chances. And you got to have big plays because it's hard to continually drive 14 plays on, on uh, opposing defenses. you got to have big, big plays. And um, it's hard to get them on the – you know, keep running off tackle and throwing these passes. I get. I think people get convicted of a lot of the east-west passes that aren't going for many yards. Sully, what uh, on the high school schedule tonight? What's uh, exciting there? We know we're well in the conference play, and so what are some of the ones that are on the radar for you? Yeah, Cabot Conway is a compelling matchup right there because Conway, I think, is. It's shown with Donovan Amola, and they got uh, uh, running back the boogeyman, Boogie Carr. They have two like high-level playmakers are back, and they score a lot of points. And Cabot is plugged along. Scott Reed's done a great job there. They got a big quarterback, Abe Owen, that is very, very capable running that offense. And it's in Cabot tonight. And that sh- that should be a great game. And compelling coaching matchup is um, Brian Moppin at Maumel was like a son to Todd Escola at Robinson. And, and they're meeting for the first time over at Maumel tonight. And I think that's that's an interesting matchup. And and then one over at Mills. Mills is undefeated, and they played well. And Pine Bluff's improved. They they got Austin Bendy and a great, another great receiver, and they're hooking up over at Mills, which should be a good game. So who would you say has been the biggest surprise in high school football so far? Oh, it's hard to say. I haven't, you know, Catholic without a doubt. I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's been really amazing. You know, it's a, you know, it, it's not just because they moved down to six A, because they handled North Little Rock very well. Now this is not a vintage North Little Rock team, and then they handled Benton very well. 
this is a good Catholic team, but I think it's so good. You know, uh, <laughs> Catholic doesn't attract athletes like the other private schools. When you look at Catholic, they look like Catholic. I mean, they aren't like overly athletic. They have like 145-pound running back. But I talked to Coach Fogelman over there, and they have two great classes of seniors and juniors, huge classes. These kids are winners, and uh, it's so good to see a team that struggled or a school or a program that struggled for so long have a year like this. And I've been talking to other coaches, and they're happy for Catholic because they know they do it the right way, and uh, they've been pummeled, and they're having having an incredible season. Sully, where's uh, Channel 7 tonight? You guys have been making the rounds in, uh, on Fridays and going to different atmospheres around the state in high school football. Where are you guys tonight? Yeah, we're going to Maumelle tonight, and we, we picked this one because of the coaching matchup. We thought it would be compelling. We have to make the pick uh, weeks before, and early in the season we went for rivalry games. We went to Lakeside, Lake Hamilton, Greenbrier, and Valonia. Uh, Chapel and Pine Bluff. Last week it was North Little Rock and Conway. Uh, and uh, the great thing for me is not only see the atmospheres, but you get to visit with the coaches before the game. But I seldom get out enough in the week to see these coaches, and uh, I really appreciate the work they do. And we've got great coaches in the state, and um, it's just a lot of fun getting out there. And it should be a, a nice atmosphere tonight when Mom L plays um, Robinson. So I did want to uh, ask you about something that you posted on your uh, your Twitter. It seemed like you got a lot of reaction from a lot of people. Uh, what would you make of uh, Alabama's uh, graphic after the game where uh, they had uh, all the uh, Bama football players standing over K.J. Jefferson? Well, I, I was stunned by that, really stunned that, you know, that was in such bad taste and uh, – you know, uh, and I don't care if he if, if he had a hand injury. Yet your quarterback has been knocked down like that, and and you're standing over him. And you know, and Alabama tries to you know at least you know, at least in most cases do things the right way and do it. You know, the Alabama way is the class way, and and how they and this was on their Alabama Twitter, and I just don't know how you keep that tweet up. And how you thought that was right, and I'm, I'm, I wasn't as much disappointed as they posted it, but it, they didn't take it off. I mean, they kept it up there, and um, I think that's really bad, really bad. And you're celebrating a kid's injury, basically, that you know. And um, uh, I was, I thought that's really bad for college football. <laughs> I really think if I'm the SEC commissioner, that's that's something I'm telling Alabama. That's in, in very poor taste, and pull it down. You know, and uh, and things can run rampant on social media. That doesn't create good blood between Arkansas and Alabama, or promote good blood, even though there's none to, none that exists right now. I do well, want to point out all... that Nick Saban after the game. One of the things he said to uh, Sam Pittman is he asked him how his quarterback was doing. So as he, you know, as they were saying goodbye. Yeah, I guess uh, the uh, marketing team there on social media didn't add, didn't care too much about the health of health of KJ to ask no, enough they about don't it. Care, but it, it, yeah, yeah, unfortunately they do what they that's want, the case. I guess, in Alabama. So <laughs> it looks like it certainly looks that way. So hey, man, we appreciate it as always. Have a great weekend, man. We'll catch up with you next okay, Friday. You too. Thank you, buddy. Bye bye. All right, appreciate it. Again, now Steve Sullivan of.